So hello and welcome to this week's photography podcast. Hope you guys are, are well. Sorry about last week. We had a few uh, few issues with uh, what, what was the issue last week? Was it? I can't remember. My audio, wasn't it? No, we we didn't do one last week, did we? <laughs> no. That was the week oh, before. <laughs> the week before oh, we, had, <coughs> we had COVID. Then we with Paul. Yes, that was one of the reasons. And I couldn't be asked. Yeah, yeah, that was another reason. Was a, yeah, I, yeah. I was and I was on call, so I didn't get right. home until quarter to seven, seven o'clock. So that's right. I remember so. now. And and James, um, it wasn't here. And we need to have a quick word about James. We we, we all love him, and we, we know he's a he's a really Sacked. valued yeah. No, he's a really valued member of the podcast. But unfortunately, <laughs> due to a change, <laughs> due to a change in his circumstances, uh, he can't make the, the times we're recording. So. Whenever he's, he's available, he's, 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 he's not <laughs> Whenever he's available, he's back on. But right now, unfortunately, uh, he's been sacked. So, yeah, uh, no, he's, he's not here. But rest assured, as soon as he's about, he's on. And we're going to try and get some, like, a regular rotor of guests, if you like, to have on. But this week, you're stuck with the four of us because Paul's still down with COVID, isn't he, unfortunately? So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, get, get well, soon. mate. Yeah. yeah, get well, Paul. Yeah. But he said yesterday, didn't he, on the group chat yesterday, that, or was it might have been the day before, oh, I feel fine, you know, I'm all right. I'll, I'll, I'll see you guys on Friday. But it's it, it's funny. I mean, obviously, I've had it, and one minute you feel okay, the next minute you feel absolutely exhausted, then the following day you think, right, okay, I feel good today. And then you, so yeah, I think it's kind of up and down quite a lot for at least, at least a couple of weeks anyway. So, mm. indeed, so there's indeed. three of us left then. That haven't had it because you haven't had it, Dave. Have you? No, no, no. So three have had it, or I've got it, and three haven't. So maybe we've been the lucky ones and have all had it asymptomatically. Hmm. We can. Maybe we're just in, naturally immune. We can live in hope, can't we? Yeah. yeah, and I live in the middle of nowhere, and if anybody came down my lane, I'd shout at them. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've got a work colleague at the moment. Um, and it's, a, it's an awkward one for him because um, he's got two sons that, that live in Australia and uh, he's not seen them for like a couple of years and he's booked to go to Australia. Uh, but obviously there's so many cases around at the moment and he's not had it and it's almost like, well, it'd be better if he had it now because he goes in eight weeks time you know so i think for the next eight weeks he's just going to be absolutely terrified you know because if he catches it a week before he's due to go um that'd be devastating for him so i can imagine all these people that do book holidays especially mm. to these really nice locations or you know to go and see friends or family you haven't seen for such a long time yeah. he must be so nervous he wants to get down to London and ride round and round on the circle line yeah. without a mask on. Yeah. He'll, he'll yeah. be ill by the time he gets home. Yeah. Although saying could, that, could they're, doing, right. they're doing away with isolation, aren't they? So in March, there is no more isolation. So I assume if you get it, yeah. you can do what you want with it. I guess it's not so much about what we do about it, though. It's about you know where you're going, what their attitude is to it. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Yeah. And I've watched, I've watched Border Force Australia, and Christ, they don't know anything in, do they? Jesus well, if they didn't Christ. let Djokovic in, um, <laughs> they've got no chance for the like of likes of us. That's very true. <laughs> so, Darren, um, you you were saying something just before we came on. You're drinking a cup of tea, and uh, you're gonna. Just... Well, no, it's just I, I, I like my tea to be really hot and my beer to be really cold. That's why I didn't bring a beer in with me. So as soon as I finish this cup of tea. 
mid-conversation, I know mid-conversation because I've not had a beer all week. I'm going out and get myself a beer. So, well, it doesn't yeah. normally stop you, does it? You normally just get up and do what you want anyway. No, I do try. <laughs> yeah, he, he raises a point and then wanders off to poke the fire <laughs> yeah, while somebody yeah. else is talking. I do do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't realise I do it. When we recalled him, but when I watch it all back, I just think, oh, he just disappeared then. How yeah. rude was that? If, if you notice, if you notice, what happens is, is you start to get up, and then I very quickly, here he goes. <laughs> You've done it. <laughs> right, I'll I, I very quickly edit it, so it, we're like, we're talking just, you know, full screen, so you can't see he's actually gone, but he's going to ruin that now by literally walking off, hasn't he? So, <laughs> so what it's it's just like when it's his round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where's Darren? Oh, he's done. Yeah, he's it's a, quite a realistic podcast, isn't it, really? So, anyway, I'll tell you what, Jamie, why don't you uh, give us an update on your hand? <laughs> really? Is, is anybody that interested? I'm well, sure I'm pleased to report I've still got two arms and two hands, despite Paul trying to put me off and tell me that it was uh, it was going to be terminal. But yeah, no, it's, it's all wrapped up. And uh, not too bad. I'm sporting a bit of a Keith Lemon look there, which is not the most attractive of looks. But yeah, no, all good. Operation was hopefully a success. And this will be off in the next few days. But yeah, I was saying earlier on, it's 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 difficult to do. Obviously, you don't appreciate when you haven't got one hand. Now the things that you can't do and you rely on things like, you know, chopping your, chopping your veg for when you're preparing your few food and... I don't know, even showering yourself with, with your hand outside the shower like this without getting it wet, you know, arm in the air. So lots, lots Are of you stuff having the other one done as well? Yeah, I will do. Yeah, so yeah, for, for those that are interested, if you are, it's carpal tunnel syndrome. So I've had the operation in that wrist and I'm going to have the operation in that wrist at, at some point in, in the not too distant future, really. So. Well, at least they didn't do them both at the same time. Yeah, that would have been a bit uh, incapacitating, wouldn't it? With, what is the anything? operation? What do they do? Uh, I I didn't look for obvious reasons, uh, and uh, but oh, I did you ask him. You were awake. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was only a local anaesthetic. Yeah, mm. so they they inject you in there, and obviously then numb the hand. And <clears throat> I was looking at that wall while he was doing his stuff over there. But I did ask him afterwards what he actually does. But apparently they just took a small gash, go in, um, take all the top layers off, find the tube or the pipe that the nerves are sitting in, and then just release the pressure because it's effectively the pressure of the of the nerves or the carpal tunnel nerve on the other nerves to the fingers so they just release the pressure on that nerve and then put the lid back on and sew me back up again so it's basically like i suppose you know just releasing some sort of built up pressure in there that's now nice and loose and you've got a smile on your face Gary. so you're going to say something really well, comical te- now aren't no, you? no i'm just saying that's a technical term isn't it they they open a little gash find the pipe yeah and then they you know put the lid back on and you're all done. I love yeah. it. I, I had I had that done. I was desperate to see what was going on, but I, I couldn't because it was a vasectomy. I, I just couldn't see it. But I had the local anaesthetic, and it was like, oh, I bet that's dead interesting. You know, it's like you know. Would you what, have what, really wanted to see that? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I God. mean, my my wife at the time was was there with me. I said, "You got a mirror in your handbag." Oh, no, Dave. Let's talk about something else. Was she, <laughs> was she performing the operation, Dave? <laughs> she was an intensive care nurse, as it happens. I, wish. I was down the wrong end of a, a caesarean at one point. And that is not something that I ever want to see again. I'll be honest with you. 
the, the sound they make when they're ripping the oh god hideous not very good just come back to me when all this is over <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you're still there I know I can just alright alright has yeah, anyone else got anyone else got anything to, to add this week anything exciting that they've done anything they want to talk about no yes no 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 alright then should we move on to a topic let's do it all right, let's let's start with Dave's because it's a it's an interesting one. Uh, he's he's written a little novel here for us, to, so bear with me while I read this out. It says, since we all see so many landscape images across social media, there can't be a photogenic corner of the UK which with which we are unfamiliar, at least based on seeing other people's images. And it got me thinking that there are a couple of locations within an hour or so of me which I've never visited specifically to photograph despite them being very well known as excellent landscape photography locations and being easy to reach. Does anybody else have locations not too far away that they've seen online which are on your radar to visit with a camera? So Dave, do you want to start? Where are these locations? What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going through that again, mate. It, well, it, it was the, the other day I was just sort of, you know, scrolling idly down through some social media feed or other. And... I was looking at pictures and I thought, oh, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that lots. That's an interesting one or that's not so interesting. But places that I've I haven't been to, not necessarily around here in the in the instance of these particular images. But it it, it occurred to me that if I were in these locations, they'd be immediately recognisable to me. I mean, a good example is when we went to the lakes and we, we walked up onto that fell and then the sun came up and illuminated the Langdale Pikes. Now... I knew it was a Langdale Pikes because I'd seen it so many times from that location. Um, and it, it just occurred to me that there are there must be other locations around and particularly not too far away from us that, that we might want to go and have a look at. For me, uh, because I'm sort of up in the very top corner, as soon as I cross onto the mainland, I, I'm right in the heart of the sort of rugged, the most rugged part of Snowdonia. Um, but the National Park is pretty big compared to my little corner of it. Uh, so the sort of locations that I haven't been with a camera require me to drive past the more spectacular locations, which is probably why I haven't done it. Um, one in particular is is down towards the southern end of the park in the Mouthach Estuary. There's a viewpoint uh, that is a fabulous sunrise location. and you You have a view up the estuary. Uh, and it, it looks spectacular at um, low tide because of all the, the patterns in the estuary, the sandbars and all that sort of thing with the water in between them. And the sun comes up right at the end of the estuary and lights it all up. I mean, good example, Stephen Nyans has done a couple of videos from there. And both times I, I know exactly where he's standing, but I've never been there with my camera. Uh, and also uh, other areas of the park... Um, particularly uh, around Mechanchlith, when you, when you get up into that neck of the woods, there's there's lots of spectacular scenery, um, Talatlin, Kadridris. I, I, I know these places really well. I've, I've walked the trails and climbed the hills, um, but, but never taken a camera specifically to, right, I'm going to make some images. I, I've taken pictures, I've got pictures of them, but pretty much just snaps from other events. 
so yeah, just kind of around the southern periphery of Snowdonia is a few spots that I need to go get my act together and go and visit. But I can understand, Dave, when you know you do drive through a spectacular part of Snowdonia. It must be difficult for you to keep your hands on the wheel or not just <laughs> hang a left or hang a right, you know. Um, yeah, that takes a lot of willpower. So if you do that, fair play to you. <laughs> well, I did that last weekend, as it happens. I, I drove for about an hour and a quarter down to Blynafastiniog and went up to a, a, a smallish slate quarry valley called Cumorthin. I've got a video in the pipeline of that. It's a beautiful location, but it's not a patch on what I'd driven past to get there. Yeah. Mm. That estuary you're on about, was that is that by Barmouth? Yes, that that's one? the one. Yeah, yeah. I, pulled, I, I I tried to get, there's a, is it, is it Surprise View? Is there a, is there a Surprise View there? I don't think it's called Surprise View, but no. I know what you mean. There's a bench up on the hillside. Yeah, there's a, and yeah. People walk up through the forest, up onto the flank of the estuary, mm. the hillside uh, on the north side of the estuary. Uh, and it, it is very much a sunrise location, uh, but you need the estuary to be at low tide to make the best of it. Yeah, I tried to get up there, but I got lost. So I ended up uh, in the lay-by, <laughs> literally just on the way out, just like with my tripod up as high as I could get it to try and get some shots down on that. It, it, I'd imagine with the sun coming up, that'd be st and the tide out, that'd be a stunning place. To oh, it is, yeah. I mean, have a look at Steve O'Neill's channel, because for, for my money, he's the photographer that's made the best of that location by some way. Hmm. Isn't that where you um, you got your 5D a bit damp, Barmouth? Yeah. that is it, yeah. That is, it. that is the exact spot. It was chucking down with rain. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't... I was very careful with it, but it still got wet. So, yeah, and it, 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 uh, on the way through there, so I come out of there into the lay-by and took some photos, got it all wet, and then I just pulled into a lay-by where I saw sort of a big hill with loads of trees and thought, I'll go up there and have a look, and then my camera stopped working. So, But, yeah, that, that's a lovely a lovely place to, to, to get a shot, I'd imagine, in the right conditions. Oh, and another place is somewhere you've been that I haven't with a camera, which is Coida Brennan. It's yeah, just down the road yeah, from there, or yeah. up the road. That was a fun place to go. That was that was uh, there, there's there's three routes there. There's like a, a red route, a green route, and a yellow route or something. And I took the red route, thinking <coughs> it'd be fine, it'd be fine. It's not going to be any issue. And for the first sort of couple of miles, it was fine. <laughs> and then you're like that. And coming up, I thought, is this ever going to end? I think I'm going to die. <laughs> But uh, yeah, lovely place. Some fantastic trees there. Really good. Really have you good ever in the been? Do you do much in South Wales, Dave? Down the Breckens and that area? No, I, uh, I cut my teeth down there back in the uh, early eighties. That's that's uh, from Cardiff down to Pembrokeshire, and then a line up through the um, the Black Mountains up to the Beacons, cross to Abergavenny and down. So that big triangle was my patch back in the day. And since I took up photography again, I suppose about 10 years ago now, I'd never been back with a camera. Mm. But it's still that thing about, you know, as Darren says, driving past amazing locations to get somewhere that's not as good. Sorry yeah. about that, Alan Coles, but it just <laughs> isn't. <laughs> I, I think there's a huge area, though, where you're talking about, uh, Covered Brennan and, and around that area, that, that is totally 
under vlogged if you like because there's that that, that set of uh, i'm not even gonna the black the black waterfall um whatever that's called something the isn't it I'm not yeah even, that's I'm not, the one i'm not doing it but yeah. th that when i went to there i couldn't believe it i thought what an amazing place this is and i hadn't seen anyone else uh, do a vlog from there and if you keep going past the waterfall there's a gold mine uh, so you'd have loads of abandoned sort of derelict buildings and all sorts up there and i think around that area when i had a look there's lots of little places you could stop and, and get some really good locations for photography but like you say the rugged sort of ogwin valley and nankwinant and all that they, they get a lot more footfall and a lot more footfall in terms of vlogging but I think if you looked a bit further afield, there's a lot of little sort of hidden gems that you don't even know. Oh, there's, yeah, there certainly are. Yeah, there's no two ways about it. And I think particularly this year, I'll, I'm going to hit them more because of you know, it, it's getting bonkers now around Ogwin. I mean, you know, last weekend I drove through and they were parked, double parked all the way down the, ro the road past the lake. Um as if it was August bank holiday, mm. and, you know, middle of January. So it is just getting beyond a joke now. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that I'll be forced to go further afield. And if I want to go to the the more rugged spots, I'll be heading out, you know, on a Wednesday evening in October or something with a tent. That's the only time I'm going to have the place to myself. Mm. The trouble is, of course, you could suffer from, you know, Jamie Overland syndrome. And you find somewhere, you vlog it, and then that becomes really popular. Because Holm Fenn, the amount of people who go there now compared to the, the amount of photographers who went there before Jamie started, wow. it, it's exponentially. Before gone, I put it, it on YouTube, <clears throat> put it that way, yes. there was a lot of people yeah. for, you know, taking shots down. There's a lot of good photographers that still take some really excellent shots around Holm Fenn. Um, but yeah, I suppose I was one of the first to put it on YouTube and put it out there in the wider audience, I guess. Yeah. And it's really popular now. Look, like, I mean, I look on Instagram, and a lot of people I follow are there almost every week. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't blame them. Really, They're trying <laughs> to get Jamie's place. autograph, aren't they? <clears throat> That's what it is. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not criticising them for it. I'm just saying that it, it shows that you know, the, like the Ogwin Valley is a hugely vlogged, vlogged place. Mm. I mean, how many you could? There must be multiple into teens of vlogs where they've gone up that. The side of Affoncleur and and shot back down. Thank you. I got that right, didn't I? Yeah, I saw your. I saw it. Oh come on! You need some credit now. I'm quite good there. Um, but they've shot back down and, and shot Trevan. Oof! Uh, I know. Uh, but but it is. It's like a little mecca for 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 people who watch videos to go there and to to walk up the side of that hill and to take that shot back down over over Clinogwin. And it's no, you're absolutely right. And I, I mean, you know. There's an argument that, you know, I, I broadcast it far and wide and, and promote Snowdonia as a destination. Um, and I, I love it when people put a good image up of Travan and whatever. You know, I, I, I'm always there with the, the thumbs up button on the go. Um, the issue I have with the way it's being treated is not people like us. Uh, and not by us, I mean photographers, I mean people that are uh, proper hikers, people that have always hiked, whether or not they couldn't go to Malaga on holiday because of a global pandemic. But there are increasing numbers of people who are seeing it as a, a, a park, 
you know, it's like, oh, well, it, it, there was there was a couple and a young kid up in Kumidwal the other day, and they came up to me and said, is this the way up to Glidavour? And I said, if you've got to ask me, you don't want to be going up there in these conditions. Because mm. if you don't even know where it is, and the clag is down around, you know, 800 metres, mm. you're off your head. And they had a little five or six-year-old with them, the the woman had a raincoat and a backpack that probably had some cheese sandwiches and a bottle of water and that was it. Completely ill-prepared. Mm. And, you know, the sort of person that double parks on the main road and couldn't care less. And th the problem I have is that 50% of the people pitching up there these days are just out for a stroll with a family. Now, I don't mind that on a summer's afternoon because it's not dangerous. But when you look at the number of call-outs that Mountain Rescue are having to do these days for imbeciles, you know, it, it just grinds my gears, as they say. I'm hoping that will start to disappear, uh, if not this year, possibly next year, you know, where a lot of people did obviously flock to Snowdonia and the Lake District because they just couldn't travel Um and I think a lot of them people might be thinking, oh, well, we really enjoy this, you know, we're going to do this rather than going abroad on holiday. But I think once perhaps the world starts to return back to normal and you can get the cheap flights again, and I think that, you know, the, the, the pool of sunshine and a beach will start to come back and hopefully our favourite haunts will start to get less and less traffic. But as you're saying, Dave, you know, you don't want to kind of criticise people because these are beautiful places, but you can kind of tell that if it wasn't for the pandemic, certain groups of people wouldn't actually be there. It wouldn't be on their radar, you know. No, exactly. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the disposable barbecues and disposable yeah. tents and deck chairs and yeah. the mountains of shit that got left behind. Yeah. It, it, you know, that never used to happen at all, ever. No. I mean, that, that is literally just the last couple of years. Anyway, that's enough about North Wales. What, what have you, you know, you boys down in the south, you must have somewhere that's not a million miles away you haven't photographed yet. Well, I think for me, um, it's not necessarily places that I've seen on social media because there isn't a huge amount of, in fact, I'm, I'm, while you've been talking, I've been trying to think of somewhere that's really quite popular here on social media that I haven't visited and I don't think there's off the top of my head I can't really think of anywhere there's places that I, I've been to that I've hoped were good so like the Ivanhoe Beacon for instance which you would assume would be quite good it's got views all around it's you know it's probably the tallest one of the tallest parts of uh, Hertfordshire I think it's Hertfordshire you look around but it's I've been there it's not photogenic it's 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 lovely to stand there and and take in the views but the, the sort of that rolling sort of rolling hills and it's very difficult to get shot there but for me it's more the places that I drive past often and and you know where I've almost regretted that I haven't been able to go to so like there's one there's one place and it's literally five or ten minutes away from me on the way from my place to Bedford and there was this field that always had this really great you know the tree there's a tree Jason Jones shot it a lot in Wales I'm, I'm I mean, that's pretty vague, but it's in a field and it's an old oak. I think it's an old oak tree, but it's dead and it's got sprawling sort of, you know, um, sprawling branches and it's huge and it's sat out on its own. And we had one very, very similar to that. And I always looked and thought if I could work out where to park, 
I think I'd like to go there early one morning. And that's by the time I'd worked it out or th- thought about it again, I drove past it, it come, it come down. So I think, it, <laughs> you know, there'd been a, a heavy, wind, a strong wind or something. And mm-hmm. a couple of places I've been to, you know, one I managed to get a photo of, but a couple of trees we've had like that, they've, they've disappeared now. So I guess for me, it's, I would say, rather than think about it, look on social media, go. You know, because the place you want to go might not be there in in 10 years' time. I'll tell you what's interesting around where you are, not a million miles away, for a trip out. If you pick up the Grand Union Canal uh, Mm. at Marston Junction and follow the Aylesbury arm down into Aylesbury, it's, it's, it's really interesting along that little route. And then carry on and go to Wendover Woods. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. That's a nice day out. I I've have to say, Woods. Yeah. there's been a few times where I've gone to play cricket at Tring. Uh, no, not Tring. Um, oh, uh, uh, Pitstone, which is by Ivanhoe, and you mm. drive over this little little bridge, and there's a there's a, a pub with with the the, the canal down there. And it's, I a, thought, it's a good pub. Yeah, I always thought I should go there and <laughs> and take some shots and maybe have a drink in the pub. But I've never got round to that, so maybe that's something to do. You know, what about you guys? What about you two? I, I think there's there's loads around here, really, isn't there? That, as you just said, there you've found a few local areas that you know you'd, you'd drive past and see them. But I, I I don't spend enough time in North Norfolk and over towards you know Norwich and that way. And there's plenty of places up there. I've got it here. I got that book a few years ago, the Justin Mims book, the mm. photograph in East Anglia book. And <laughs> there's some fantastic locations in here, which are all, as Dave says, in his criteria within an hour or two's drive from, from where we live. And, um, you know, particularly, you know, the front cover shop with that wind pump there. I'm not sure which one that is. There's a horsey or whatever it is. But there's, I've never shot any of those before. I've never been up there and shot those. Uh, and... You know, a lovely winter scene with one of those with a, you know, winter sunrise with a nice coloured sky and some texture in the reeds and all that. A little bit of mist maybe over the broads. Yeah, that's a shot I'd love to capture if I'm honest. I've been there, right? Right. And I've taken, well, I didn't take that shot, but I'm almost certain that to take that shot, you have to stand on someone else's jetty just out of interest. Ah, okay. Because there's a sign that says... Uh, private do not end i mean I, I did but because it was it was <laughs> it was really early in the morning in the middle of winter and no one was about but i'm pretty sure that shot you've got to stand on a piece of private land on someone else's jetty to get that oh, so, that's interesting yeah, just to let yeah. you know i wonder whether it says that in the guide well probably not <clears throat> anyway sorry carry on no no I just, and so i think you know that whole area around the broads and 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 you know as i say using using those those um whether it's the wind pumps or whether it's any old because there's a load of old abandoned old buildings and churches and things in that area as well it's not the sort of thing i normally photograph to be fair but it's not that far away and and i've said to well certainly you two before about going up that neck of the woods um and doing some stuff up there but it's yeah i think it's definitely something i'd like to do more of and and suffolk as well i don't spend a lot enough time down there there's some gorgeous gorgeous woodland down in suffolk and i haven't explored that either um, so I, I just I, I guess it's probably lazy photography in a way that you've got stuff on your doorstep like I've got home fen maybe with Dave you've got Snowdonia and we just don't push ourselves to go out a little bit further afield because we're comfortable 
with what we've got. And if we've got the right conditions, then we know there's going to be shots available in the local areas because we know them inside out. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely want to spend a bit more time up in North Norfolk. I'd like to say, actually, if, if anyone watching knows of any areas, uh, specifically around sort of Northamptonshire, Bedfordshire, Buckinghamshire, that sort of area, came, well, home friends in Cambridgeshire, but, you know, give us a shout because, you know, I'd love to go up and investigate some of those. As I imagine you guys, you you, uh, you two would, not you, Dave, it's a bit, a bit of a trek for you, but, yeah, mm. so let us know. If there's any sort of a little, what, what I would call little hidden gems, you know, give us a shout so we can shine a light on them and get the whole world down. Mm. <laughs> what about you, Darren? Is there anywhere you fancy that's near to you that you haven't been to yet? Yeah, but I'm going to go a little bit off road like I, I I usually do so obviously during 2020 I none of us could travel so you know I focused purely on the wildlife and I and I really got quite addicted to it um it, it I thought it would just be a little kind of five minute wonder something to do in the back garden but it surprised me actually how much I absolutely love doing it but then when we got to 2021 and then we was let off the leash again um you know i just kind of ran back to the mountains because i just feel that i'd missed it for for so long and then you know you, you guys know and, and some of you guys watching if you kind of follow me on social media you know i had a rough end to last year kind of lot what we've kind of like you know mum getting poorly and then eventually kind of passing away so i didn't i couldn't get back to um to the lakes or snowdonia at the latter part of last year but what I'm doing this year, because um, obviously I had a really successful exhibition going on at Newnham College, and I've I've I've, I've started doing Newnham's wildlife, and again I've been thoroughly enjoying shooting the wildlife. So I've decided what I want to do this year. I want to try and get to the lakes of Snowdonia as perhaps at the end of every month, but I don't want to guarantee that because life as a way of chucking things you know a curveball and then you end up kind of like thinking oh I'll go next month or the month after so I really want to infill it with as much wildlife photography as I can and you know you guys may have heard me say this before and I bought the same book as you've got Jay I've got that Justin Mims book and this is I'm not trying to put Justin down by any stretch of imagination or the photos but I picked up that book and it, apart from Pin Mill, there was nothing in that book that I just thought, oh, I can't wait to go and shoot that. It, 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 this area just doesn't inspire me at all. Where the wildlife in this area really does. So the answer to your to your question is, I'm going to start venturing out more and more to some of the nature reserves that, that we have absolutely in abundance in Norfolk mm. and Suffolk. And then that way, if I plan to go to, you know, the, the mountains, if something happens that, you know, I can't actually make it on the day that I've that I've chosen to go, then it makes no difference. I've still got my wildlife photography to fall back on. And I think that's where I was getting a little bit frustrated because if I couldn't get to the mountains and I kept thinking, oh, well, I've, I've been out, you know, around the fens and it's not doing it for me, but the wildlife does mm. so we was meant to go to clay this sunday 
um, to, to actually go to the nature reserve there. It's an RSPB. But the weather's looking really good on Sunday. So I'm actually going to go into the college to shoot the wildlife there. Um, but if it wasn't for that, then yeah, I would have taken myself off to a new nature reserve that I've never been to before. So if that answers your question. Very, very fully, I think. Mm. <laughs> All right. Stuff, do you watch? Right? Sorry, on the night. Do you watch? You've been watching the. Is it Winter Watch? I haven't yet. No, I've been watching Spring Watch. Okay. Which, the last episode of Spring Watch. So I've not caught up on Winter Watch yet. Uh, was it good? Because no, yeah, you'd be interested. I've been yeah. watching it the last few nights. Because actually, was it last night? Or the night before, they were in Holm Finn. Well, they had a clip of a guy who was talking. Oh, did they? Talk, I think he was reading some poetry. He'd written a, a, a poetry book, and he did it through Holm Finn. It was all around the the birches. But obviously, a lot of what they do is about you know, wildlife and, and wildfowl photography yeah. and they have some they've got some night cams going on live and they had one the other night where they'd found <clears throat> they'd found a stoat that they could see was clearly a stoat on the night cam image and it was like hopping across these marshes. I think they are actually up close to where uh, I went a couple of weeks ago up near Snettersham, uh, the Ken Hill estate up there. And in the marshes there you can see these these little white blobs of the of the uh, the wildfowl but then these little stoats keep popping up and then the next night they started off by showing a clip of a fox and they'd they'd found this fox and this fox had walked through and, and they caught the fox actually grabbing the stoat live and oh, sort wow. of tossing it through the air like this and then running off with this stoat hanging in from its mouth oh. and, they, and they said apparently that's pretty unique to capture that although it was still night vision so you couldn't see it clearly but you could very clearly yeah. see it was a fox and a stoat yeah but actually seeing the the fox pounce like a like a cat would like sit there and like pounce on a little bird it yeah. did that it just pounced on this stoat grabbed the stoat the stoat got away for a few seconds and then he grabbed it again and then went off in the undergrowth but it's fascinating to watch because this weekend in fact by the time the podcast goes out it'll be over but uh this coming weekend you've got the uh, i think helen signed us up for it i think it's the, i think it's the rspb um it's the bird watch you go in yeah. your garden for, yeah. for an hour and we went yeah. up we went in was in the garden last weekend for an hour just kind of like with a stop with a phone, like you know the stopwatch, right? Go, and uh, yeah, we kind of managed to see there was quite a few birds actually in the back garden last weekend, which I thought mm. it was going to be like fairly quiet, and for long periods of time it, it was, and then all of a sudden you know, there were a load of different birds descend, and then they just all disappear again for kind of 10, 15 minutes, and then they'd all come back again. So yeah, that was pretty cool. So I think we're going to have Sunday afternoon when I come back from the college in the garden. All right, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, let's move on to another topic now. Now, this, is, uh, this topic is, is one of mine. And the reason that I wanted to put this one in is because I had a... Uh, well, Beth jogged my memory for something really stupid that I said and I felt I had to share. So the topic is, if you ever had like a, a total facepalm moment, you know, where you're like, oh, why did I say that when you said something really stupid and then you realise afterwards that you'd made a complete tit of yourself... And I'm going to go first on this one because I want to share this with you. So this is a long time ago. So this is probably uh, 2006, something like that. And, and Beth was in hospital. Um, she'd had a relapse from uh, from MS and she wasn't very well at all. But she was watching this thing called Fame Academy. Do you remember Fame mm, Academy? Yeah. It's a bit like the X Factor, but it was probably a little bit better. Uh, but this was Celebrity Fame Academy. 
she wanted to keep up with what was going on so she asked me to look up i had no, I had no idea about it she asked me to look up who'd sung what in that week so i went up when now please don't spoil this if you know where i'm going right just let it play out so i looked on the thing and it said like so and so sang bat out of hell by meatloaf and so and so sang life rest on mars but well, yes rest in peace indeed life on mars by david bowie and so and so sang sound of the underground by girls aloud and then it came to Sam Metcalf, who used to play Sam Mitchell in EastEnders. And it said she sang something by the Beatles. Right? And I was like, right, okay. Right, something by the Beatles. Right. So I looked on another website, and so-and-so sang Bat Out of Hell, and so-and-so sang, you know, whatever. And so-and-so sang... And Sam Metcalf sang something by the Beatles. I'm like, but what, what did she sing by the Beatles? I'm like, I don't understand it. Why are they being so vague? Why are they being so vague about the Beatles song? Because I know loads of Beatles songs. Are they not allowed to say? You know, is it the fact that they can't tell us what she sang? Anyway, so I said it to Beth. And she said, so who sang what? And I went, you know, so-and-so sang this, so-and-so sang that. And I said, all I can find out about Sam Metcalf is that she sang something by the Beatles. And I said, all right, yeah, okay. I said, I don't know what the song was. She said, no, yeah, it was something by the Beatles. I said, yeah, I know it was something by the Beatles, <laughs> but I don't know what song they sang. I can't understand why they're not telling us what fucking song that... They sang, she sang by the Beatles. She said it was something by the Beatles. I was like, no, it was something by the Beatles, but I can't work out what song it was by the bloody Beatles. In the end, she told me that the Beatles sang a song called Something. Yeah. And then it kind of made sense. But honestly, like, I was getting so wound up. I was sitting there going, why can't, it, why can't they just tell us what she sang? What this? Oh, anyway. So that was my that was my sort of face palm moment. Um, uh, has anyone else got one? Please, God, tell me someone else is as stupid as I am. Anyone? Well, not not quite like that. I mean, I've loads of stories that are that are work related, but I there was one particular. I think I was only I must have been about eighteen. That kind of that kind of age, and um, I was working perhaps nineteen. I was working for this guy and. He uh, he wanted to go on on holiday, and like there was only me and him, and he left me a load of work to do. But you could tell that you know, even I could even tell at that age he was really nervous about going on holiday and leaving me pretty much in charge of of all of these jobs with no one looking over the top of me. And I assured him I'd be absolutely fine. And we had kind of one particular client was a domestic, and a, a, a lot of stuff had kind of gone wrong on on that job and um i had to go there and all i had to do was was fit a, a simple wooden bath panel um which was fine and i made this kind of timber frame and i was more than on target he gave me all day to do this job and by 11 o'clock i'd pretty much had it done and all i had to do was just screw i've done the frame all i had to do was screw on this bath panel and we used to use these black screws and I'm just picking up these black screws and I'm whizzing them in. And all the screws were 32 mil. And what I'd done, I'd actually picked up, there was a rogue 60 mil screw in this box. And as I just fired it in, I just heard this, this incredible kind of, and I just thought, what is that noise? And I just looked over the edge of the bath, this white bath, and there's this black screw sticking straight out of it. And I still remember it to this day, slumping down on the floor just just i didn't know what to do i was almost paralyzed with fear and i just thought this this was day one he'd only just gone i thought he probably he was probably still at the airport and i just had this it was one of the worst 
feelings I've ever had. This beautiful white bath with a great big black screw sticking out of it. And then you start thinking, oh, what if they notice? If I take it out and rub a bit of... And he's just like, no, 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 no. So anyway, I, I managed to get a new bath on order. I managed to get a plumber in, get the bath out, get the bath back in, get all the bath panel finished before he came home. And when he came home and he said, any problems? And I said what I did. Do you know what? He was absolutely fine because I kind of sorted it out while he was on holiday rather than just leaving it for him. <laughs> I got it all sorted out. The job was done. He was absolutely fine. But I remember that feeling. Hideous oh, feeling. God. I think you'd have probably noticed when he tried to fill his bath up, wouldn't he? Really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. uh, it weren't me. Weren't me, mate. No, 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 no. Must have been like that. It's the equivalent of a slow puncture. It's <laughs> yeah. a very small hole in the bath. Yeah. Oh dear. What about you two? Have you done anything stupid? You must have. No, uh, nothing that springs to mind. I mean, I've got another one. I've got another one if you want it. <laughs> How many did you want? Yeah, I've got loads. <laughs> it could just be me and you tonight. I have got one, but go I'm on just. I, no, I want to hear what Jamie's got. To no, say. I haven't got one though. So you go. You're not telling me, Jamie, that you've never done anything stupid in your life. I know, I probably have, but I, nothing that springs to mind that I can. Oh, I can I'll tell you, tell I've got you. to tell you this because this only happened last night, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. I went to the wood store, right, which is kind of at the bottom of the garage, um, and there's some, there's this really long timber in there, and it's obviously far too big for the fire. So I grabbed this timber, a bit of it, and I turned around and I put it to one side. And as I went back into the wood store, Helen had put a rake in there, and this rake come up, right, and it was straight on the <laughs> forehead, right? So I'm rubbing my head thinking, Jesus Christ, didn't you see that? So anyway... So then I went and got the other bit of wood and I took that out and as I went back in there, the rain got <laughs> <laughs> it, it hit me twice <laughs> in the space of 30 <laughs> seconds. Ever seen that episode of The Simpsons with Sideshow Bob? That's what he does, he just keeps walking into rakes and they get, oh my yeah. I mean, yeah, to do it once, but to do it twice, bloody hell. That's brilliant. Go on, Dave, what you got? It's kind of weird because because I haven't been with the lovely... Well, I have been with her 20 years now, but for the early part of our lives, we didn't know each other. So we've kind of found out about our backstories over the years and she can still come up with an anecdote that I haven't heard and vice versa, but she always sort of ends up when I've sort of shared something that never thought to share before... She always says, my God, I can't believe how naive you used to be. Because she said, everything you tell me, you sound like you, you've got no clue how the world works. And I said, well, I grew up in a little mid-Wales town. And, and you know, so this kind of um, was my first foray into a big city. And that's if you can call Cardiff a big city. So I was, I was very naive. I was probably about 20 years old. And I just moved up to Cardiff and I was living in a bedsit on... Uh, quite a well-known street it's immediately over the river from the stadium you know the millennium stadium there's a, there's a, a road that runs along the embankment called Fitzhammond embankment terrace can't remember anyway i got this cheap bedsit and i i kind of got to know a few people i'd been living there a month or two and there's a pub on on the end uh at the end of the road and I was meeting some mates in that pub, so I had to walk all the way along this embankment. 
and it was it was sort of late autumn so the night was dark and it was probably about 8 eight thirty at night and i'm moseying down this embankment and i've kind of a bit nervous because i you know cardiff's big city and I was, you know, just a little short ass with National Health glasses. <laughs> I could easily be relieved of my wedge. Um, so I'm about halfway along this embankment, and this wizened crone looms out of a dark alleyway at me. And she says, business, dearie? And I thought, I had no idea what she meant. So I, I ran. I full tilt down the rest of the embankment, got to the pub, huffing and puffing, because I was a fat bastard, and my mates were already there, so, oh, we got a drink waiting for you, so we sat round the table, and they said, what's wrong with you? And I said, oh, you wouldn't believe it. So, some old woman just burst out of a little alleyway and said, business, dearie. And they started falling about laughing because I was huffing and puffing. They thought I'd taken her up on it. <laughs> I had no idea what, what she meant. So I said to them, well, what the hell does that mean? And they explained that she was a lady of the night. I didn't realise I got a bed sit right slap bang in the middle of the red light area. Oh so uh, that came in handy. It sounds like Victorian well, Harris. I tell you what, when you're talking a little, little fat... Bastards, right? I've got another um, no. story. <laughs> so when I was a when I was a kid, I don't know, I don't know how old I was seven, eight, nine, that kind of that kind of age. I I thought this would be a really good idea after watching James Bond, right? So I got my mum's nylon washing line, right, and I, I tied it around the banisters on the stairs, and I threw it over. So that the line actually hit the bottom tread. So it was a good kind of eight or 10 foot drop. So I climbed over the banisters and I got hold of this nylon washing line. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to abseil down a little bit like James Bond. I'm going to have a look around, get the gun out, abseil down a little bit more. So as I launched myself off, off of the first floor and I just went... All the way to the bottom and landed like a sack of flour. And they just looked at my hand with these great big red welts, kind of just looking at them going, <laughs> running to get mum and under the cold water. And you just look back and you just think, what was you even thinking? What was you eating? I just suppose eight or nine, but what was you thinking, you little fat shit? How did you ever expect you was going to abseil like a ballerina? Oh my god, that is brilliant. Uh, have, I, have I told? Have I? I don't know. See, the thing is, I don't know if I've told you about. I told you about the time I worked in the co-op over Christmas with the with the shopping trolley. Have I told you? I don't know. If right, okay, so. so so I was fifteen, right, and I got a Saturday job in the co-op. And I was I was the worst Saturday job person you've ever met. So I smashed things, I dropped things, I put stuff out in the wrong place. I was terror. I was just I don't know. At fifteen, I had absolutely zero common sense. And the manageress was this woman. She must have been about fifty, I reckon, but she looked like about seventy. She had sort of a blue rinse perm, and she's really like sort of really, like a really harsh school like school headmistress. And she said, right. I'd only been there about maybe three or four weeks. She said, right, it was, and it was Christmas, so it was busy. She said, right, take this, this shopping trolley out to the people in this car park, please, 
and you know for them because they've had to pull their car around or whatever so anyway I'm like, okay no worries 15 year old stupid me takes his trolley out right full of, like literally full of shopping to the brim i said excuse me whose is this shopping and someone went oh yes ours so i loaded it into their car <laughs> Trolley back, and went back to work, went back to dropping stuff in the in the in the storeroom. Anyway, ten minutes later, the manager says, "Why haven't you taken that shopping trolley out yet?" So it's customers. I said, "I already have." I said, "No, you're not. They're just here." Never know. I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Okay. Like, who would say? Who would go out into a full car park in the middle of Peter and say, "Whose is this shopping?" <laughs> it's just like literally asking for they it. must have been laughing oh their heads off right? yeah. even then it the must have been 80 quid's worth of shopping <laughs> like there was bottles of like wine in there like spirits and I just li- I, I even put it in the car for them it wasn't that I just gave it to them I actually loaded their car up for them with it I must admit I've, I've got a very quick one from an early job uh, not long after leaving school I got a summer job working in a hotel before going to university which I actually didn't do in the end uh, so they sent me out it was a it was summer so about five thirty, six o'clock in the morning I'm in the hotel gardens creosote in the back fence about 45 minutes later my next job for the day was making the toast in the kitchens for breakfast so I made the toast like I did every morning and the toast started coming back and nobody could work out what it was Cause, and, and it was coming back to me and I'd make some more, it'd go out, it'd come back again. And then someone said, what the hell does this toast smell of? And someone, that smells like bloody creosote. I thought, oh, perhaps I should have washed my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, mate, I got away sorry. with it though. <laughs> I was I was painting in the summer again. I was just about twenty twenty one, painting in the summer, and um, I bet everyone that's watching this now is thinking, "What has this got to do with photography?" <laughs> but I'm painting in the summer um, in a pair of shorts, and I got gloss like or undercoat oil based all over my legs, uh, up my arms. Anyway, got in. We had a flat, no shower, so I got in the bath, and I thought, right, if I get the white spirit. And I've got the white spirit on a rag and I'm kind of washing myself while I'm in the bath. And I've got my legs up like this and I'm washing all the paint off my legs. And then all of a sudden, all I can describe it on the podcast is I started to get a tingling sensation in the nether regions. (laughs) And I was just thinking, oh, well, that's a bit strange. Jesus, fuck. And then I realised there was so much white spirit mixed in with the water... So now, there's no shower attachment, so I'm now kneeling up, got the both taps going, trying to swish water on myself, calling for Helen to get a saucepan. So she's coming in with a saucepan as well. And between the two of us, it was like trying to put the flames out. So if anybody's watching, do not wash yourself in the bath with white spirit. I shouldn't even have to say that, should I? I I mean, no one would do that anyway. So, uh, anyway, should we move on and talk about something less embarrassing? So we, we could literally go all night, but I oh, think yeah. probably... 
I think probably we better, uh, yeah, we better think of something else. Do you, do you know, about. I'm going to walk out of here and I'm going to say, Leslie, Leslie, I, I, I was asked a question tonight and I couldn't think of anything. And she's going to say, well, there was that and there was that and there was that, <laughs> yeah. you plonker. And then there was that when you were a complete idiot. Yeah. So, sorry, We'll guys, bring them all on there. next week. That's oh, fine. Yeah. We'll hold on to them. <laughs> and I tell you what, while we're at it as well. I'm- <laughs> 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 oh, that's that's a thumbnail right there, isn't it? <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> I don't. You come out with some shit. You do. Oh, what? Was it on purpose? <laughs> no. So, oh. <laughs> I've literally done that. Damage has told us a story that we can't broadcast. Um, so, if you heard us laughing, I've, I've cut the audio so you can't. But honestly, um, if you send me a tenner, I'll let you know. Oh, sweet Jesus. That's... Anyway, um, it, what I was going to say was if you've got any stories um, that are cleaner than. <laughs> If you've got any stories, then please feel free to, uh, uh, you know, drop us a, drop us a comment, and we'll read them out uh, maybe next week, and have a good laugh. Anyway, um, I think we should move on to something a bit more um, photography based. I tell you what, let's do, let's do, um, <laughs> let's do the question we had from Jen Oldham. By the way, um, hello Jen. I hope you're well. She's, I think she's going through all of our all of our um, podcasts on poor, poor woman um, but yeah uh, welcome to uh, the podcast hope you're enjoying it Jen and she's asked a question she said basically if someone was to ask how to start a photography channel what would you say to them and then there's a few other bits is it worth it ideal vlogging gear how to come up with video titles uh, things someone thinking about starting up might not consider so um, I mean this is a, a quite a broad topic and we do kind of cover photography sort of non-photography and then a bit of vlogging so I thought this would fit in quite well so does anyone I mean how would you start up a, if you were starting again how would you start up and would you say it's worth it so I don't know who what, what I would that. say to, to anyone that's thinking about <clears throat> starting a, a channel is just be aware how much work actually goes into them there is there is a hell of a lot of work you know that goes into it so it, it has to be a labor of love you can't do it for any other reason you can't do it for for fame because you won't get famous or very very slim chance you won't you can't do it for the money because mm. let's face it i don't think i've earned enough to buy um a bag of shopping this year let alone a week's worth of shopping um so you have to do it because you genuinely want to do it that would be my advice and if you enjoy doing it then i would say go for it because they're great to look back on yeah i'd agree yeah i I think the other thing i'd say as well is that it's getting harder as time goes on it's getting harder and harder to 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 you know become a a landscape photography vlogger because the the obviously if you're doing it for yourself it, it that that's you know immaterial but there's so many people now like when we started there was probably what 
maybe I don't know let's say a rough estimate 30 40 people doing it maybe a bit more 50 mm. I'd say it's into the hundreds now and that's mm. just in the UK so if you're doing it for exposure or you're doing it for anything other than like Darren said the love of it you're going to really struggle to get numbers because it's so saturated now and so you mm. need to bear that in mind if you're not doing it because you love photography you probably need to go and find something else to do mm. uh, would mm. be my advice yeah I, I'd, I'd, sorry I'd, go on Joe sorry, go no, on. I was just saying, I'd, I agree with both of you and particularly what you just said there Darren about if you want to keep it as a record of your mm. time out with the camera I think it's a great great thing to do you know look at what James has done for instance when he's gone all he's done all the Wainwrights he's got all those on video yep. yes he's released <clears> them on YouTube and and, and he, he did that because he enjoys doing that but he's also got a video record of him doing that uh, and he'll always have that so and I think that's a really good reason to want to create a channel because I totally agree you're never going to get famous or rich or anything from it at all um, <clears throat> but I think if, if also you fancy if, if you're you know, if you're a photographer and you fancy dabbling with videography because your camera can do both uh, and, and see how you get on with it, then that's another reason to give it a go. Because you do learn a new skill. You learn how to, you know, how to balance uh, frame rates and all the rest of it. And then you learn how to edit video and how to create, you know, a, a, a moving film rather than a still film. And that's that's a good learning process. And it's quite enjoyable doing that and learning it. Um, so yeah, do it because you think that you want to try and do something different than just going out and taking a shot and, and coming back and leaving on your hard drive. Um, but most importantly, as the guys have said, do it because you want to enjoy it because there'll be uh, the amount of work that you have to go in, <clears throat> particularly if you want to commit to regular vlogs. And that yeah. and that's the other issue. People can get so hung up in, in putting a schedule together. So I'm going to release every week at a certain time. And then the pressure's piled on to go out and get something. And once that pressure gets on, you feel obliged to go out and get something. That's <coughs> yeah. when it becomes less enjoyable. Couldn't agree more. Um, so yeah, do it, do it because you want to do it and you're going to get something out of it. But that's an interesting distinction because it's very easy to start up where you're just documenting it for your own purposes. And if you're doing that, then you kind of come back to, well, why not just leave it on your hard drive with your photographs? Mm. So you, you put it on YouTube, not you, Jamie, I mean, one one puts it on YouTube. Um, kind of, well, it's out there, so if people want to look at it, they can. If they don't, they don't. So be it. Not a problem. Um, I think that for those people that start a channel, as Gary rightly says, particularly now with the levels of saturation, uh, if you go at it from the standpoint at the outset of you want to drive views, you know, you're watching YouTube videos, how to get to a thousand subscribers and all that sort of thing. And you're trying to push it on that basis. That's like trying to push water uphill. It, it's I, I should think that's absolutely soul destroying. <clears throat> but I also think that when you start out with I'm just documenting what I'm doing, you know, might get watched might not and all that sort of thing you do if you get a bit of traction kind of morph into that oh I'm now on a treadmill and and my experience was exactly that uh, and then I had to really stop myself and think well who am I doing this for and why am I doing it and and so and and to be fair I sort of very quickly morphed into sort of, oh, well, I started out as, well, this is just me in the mountains or down the coast for my own amusement. Mm. 
But I did find, as you just said, Jimmy, I kind of really got quite into making movies, if you like. Mm. You know, I was interested in how you connect segments with B-roll that, that's engaging and all that sort of thing. And, um, and when I step back from that, I, I've, I found that I, people seem to appreciate it when I was kind of sharing my knowledge and experience, such as it is. Um, so now I know perfectly well that when I put a video out, it, it's actually to share some ideas, some locations, some pointers. I am actually talking to an audience. There's no getting away from that. But once I decided I'm doing it on my terms because there's nothing in it for me, it's, it's an altruistic thing. I'm doing it voluntarily and, and stepped away from that. Oh, I've got to publish at a certain date and time. It returned to being really enjoyable because I'm now using a sort of magazine format and it allows me to put it together over a period of time. The video I'm going to put out, I don't know when, maybe next week if I get around to finishing it off. But I've got all sorts of little segments that I'll bring together and connect up, join the dots. Um, it's really easy. It's really enjoyable for me and hopefully... The audience that I've got when when it goes out will get some value from it, but I certainly am not uh, going back to being on a treadmill, where because it's now gone beyond me just amusing myself. At the same time, because I'm talking to a specific audience, I'm still not going to be led by the nose. And if the audience says, "Oh well, you don't put them out often enough," we're off. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. And I think that taking that weight off your shoulders helps immensely. It really does. I mean, I know that, <clears throat> Gary, you're on a break. Darren, you're pretty sporadic. <clears throat> Jamie, you're cranking them out consistently. <clears throat> um, so but, I don't, but I don't stick to a schedule. No, so that, you no, know, true yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. But I think that I, I, I think there's a bit too much navel gazing when it comes to it. I mean, it, you know, it's the same with photography. If you fancy taking pictures, take some pictures. If you fancy making a video, make a video. It mm. doesn't matter. If it's something you fancy doing, just do it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, what if only five people look at it and they happen to live in the same house as you? Mm. So what? Yeah. That, that, yeah. You're, you're absolutely spot on. <clears throat> you're spot on, but it's so hard to have that kind of mentality when you're just starting out or when you're trying to grow. It, it, you you have to be, I'll be honest with you, you have to be a really special person not to follow the numbers, not to follow the views, not to be enticed by people saying, review my product. We've all done it, and it's so difficult because you, you're tempted in. You think that's what it's about, and, and, and everybody goes through that, I think. And I think if you, you can go, you get to a point, I think, where we're all at, or where we've gone past actually, where you go one or two ways. You either go where Dave's saying, and you say you, you you build up and build up and build up his views and numbers and and sponsorship and whatever, and you get to a point where you go, no, I, I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm in it for. And you kind of go off onto your. I, I've almost gone back to where I started. I'm doing it because I love it. Way, or you go down that other route of sort of I you know I need to. I need to put stuff out every week. I need to get as many views as I can. I need to build my subscribers and continue to grow. And and I think that when you first start, everybody 
get sucked in a little bit to the sort of YouTube bubble of you've got to do it for numbers, you've got to do it for views, you've got to do it for sponsorship. We've all, I think we've all probably reviewed something. I don't know if you mm. have, Darren. Have you reviewed something? No. no. I think we've all, most of us have reviewed something and it's just, I just think it's really hard to turn that sort of thing down. And it's really hard sometimes. I'll, I'll hold my hands up and say, there have been times when I've thought about, you know, what if, what if I can, you know, get a get a sponsorship with Squarespace? What if I can, you know, get something with KNF where they're bringing me stuff in every other week and I'm reviewing it? And but you have to. I think you have to look and kind of go. Is that really what I want to be? Is that mm-hmm. where I want to go? And that would be my advice if you're starting. It's absolutely worth it, and you will get seduced a little bit. But you've got to try and remember to hold on to why you're doing it in the first place. And if you can hold on to those principles, you know. Well, I, yeah. I, it was funny. I, I, um, I had a video on YouTube, which I can't remember if it was um, for new viewers who saw this video every time they went to my channel or returned or people that subscribed i can't remember but it was a video that i'd done on, on there for a while when just the other day i was I had nothing to do and i just thought oh perhaps i'll just choose another video just to freshen it up a little bit and i watched uh, a, a video that i made i think it was about a year ago it would have been just about a year ago now and it was why i stopped vlogging and i just thought oh, me, i'll just re-watch that video and, and see what it's like and do you know what it, I'm not, I don't mean to be, you know, big idiot, but it was a fantastic video that for me. It was I really enjoyed it, and I kind of almost watched it from start to finish, and I felt there was a lot of emotion that I put into that video because it was during the, the pandemic and and things like that, and and I spoke a little bit about oh, I'm going to be doing this photography project at Newnham College but that was a year before I'd actually done the exhibition so and then I started thinking all these things actually came to fruition um but I didn't know obviously at the time of of making the video that was all plans and if buts and maybes and the reason I'm saying this is because what I said earlier if you make them purely for yourself they are good to look back on and sometimes Mm. you actually forget that you've made something uh, or it fades a little bit from your memory and you'll look back and think, oh, that was a great holiday that we had. And I remember taking that photo and, oh, them weather conditions were beautiful or, or brutal. Or So I would advise anyone to make them, but as long as you're making them for yourself and, mm. and that's it, you won't go far wrong. And be patient. And be patient, as well. yeah. yeah. Because, you know... expect instant gratification. The thing yeah. is, as well... You know, without kind of mentioning names, and I'm not going to mention any names, but I do see a few people over the years that have almost overcommitted to making YouTube videos, and they're I think they're trying to they're trying to be like a, a Tom Heaton or try and get the numbers, and them days are gone. Do you know what I mean? And um, I think it can overtake your life a little bit as well if you keep striving to to, to, to be... I don't know if I'm explaining this very well, but I'm sure you guys yeah, you you know what I'm talking sense. about. Yeah. You know, I just think you've got to be very careful as well when you kind of make these videos that the videos don't don't overtake 
the real world and they and they don't get in the way of your family and your friends and, and your and your real life um, and, I, I, and the other thing i would say definitely is that i i know it's really hard it's, it's really hard to believe this when you're starting out and you whenever you hear it you go yeah right okay whatever it's just because you've got so many thousand subscribers or whatever but just one one person if just one person watches your video and takes something from it mm. that is what should really drive you it doesn't matter if it's one or a million people if someone watches your video and says do you know what i really enjoyed that and that's made me want to go and do xyz or that's taught me something that i didn't know or it sparked an idea in in my head then that really is really what it's all about Mm. And it's it's yeah. really hard to to do that when you've got forty subscribers and you're getting ten views, or twenty views, or thirty views. But you need to look at those views and think, do you know what? Maybe three or four of those people who are watching this have really enjoyed it, and that really is what matters. Really, at the end of the day, it's not about getting fifteen quid a month from your views or hundred pound a month from your views or having people go. You know, I don't know. Just come and watch as many of my stuff as you can. It's about inspiring those those core viewers and having a relationship with them. That's important, I think. Mm. <clears throat> and it's also a way of making friends. Absolutely. You know, I must admit, one of the one of the reasons I started my channel all those years ago is because you know the community that is around not just vlogging but the whole landscape and the rest of it there's so many people out there that you see images from or you watch on youtube uh, and you think well it'd be nice to get to know some of these people and actually probably meet them and the rest of it and just by having a channel and being able to then you know engage on a on a on a peer-to-peer -peer level should we say from a youtube from a vlogger to a vlogger it's actually sometimes easier to do that than just be a subscriber um, you know, and I sort of went over the fence to a vlogger, and, and I've made fantastic friends with you guys, and loads and loads of other people in the community through actually just vlogging. You know, whether your channel's any good or not, it doesn't really matter. But it just gets you more connected with like-minded people, so you've got other things to discuss and other things to talk about. So, yeah, yeah couldn't agree if, more. If one thing YouTube's taught us, I think, <clears throat> is that photography doesn't have to be. Uh, a solo um, experience you know a solo pursuit it can be something you can do with friends and mm -hmm. I and I you know this you know I've had a couple of beers but I'm proud that you guys you know that I've made friends with you guys you know it's been some sort of huge if I never do another vlog I will have so much that I've got out of this by being friends with you three absolutely yeah. all the other people yeah. I mean I know that we we would happily go out and do other stuff now outside of photography because yeah. of because mm. of the friendship we've got from YouTube. It's it's amazing, and yeah. so if you know, if for nothing else, it's worth it just for doing that. Mm. You know, yeah, no, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So give it a go, whoever wants to do it. You never know where it might end up. Yeah, yeah. and all this stuff like how to come up with video titles and all that sort of stuff and what's the ideal vlogging gear the ideal vlogging gear is what you've got on you at the time titles don't worry about titles worry about content worry about putting your passion across worry mm. about being yourself don't worry about what it says it doesn't matter if you know because there are titles out there if you put 
disaster, hate, uh, idiots, all mm. of that, that will get you loads and loads of views, but that doesn't matter because what matters is what what they're looking at. Yeah. It's the content. And it doesn't it's matter if you just sit there and talk to the camera. As long as you're passionate and that comes across, that's what matters. Mm. It's building more of a long-term subscriber base that Definitely, will all yeah. always come with you. By those headlines, you're going to get maybe a short peak of views, but those they'll bug it off yeah. next week. They won't want to come back and watch you do a normal vlog. So, yeah. yeah. Olympus, for example. Don't put Olympus in your title. You just get... <laughs> oh, dear. I think we've got time for one more question tonight. Um, and this is another one from the Facebook page. I've got to say, by the way, I think we all agree. Thank you so much for everybody who's yeah, posted definitely. questions. Definitely. We are 100% going to get through all of these because to a question, they're brilliant. And if you yeah. want to add more, then please feel free. It's on our Facebook definitely. page and the link's in the description. If you've got anything, and they don't have to be about photography either. They can be about anything. All of these are very on track. They're very on point. They're all about photography, but if you want to ask, you know, any of the what questions... was your favourite pet, for example? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You smile a lot, and, um, and why? Um, then, then we'd be happy to, um, <laughs> and we'd be happy to uh, accommodate some of those questions. Uh, um, You're going to get a few tenors sent to you. Yeah, on, people are going to want to know what this oh is. Oh my god, I don't even. I'm going to have to make it a hundred. Um, anyway we got this one so if if you want to ask a question in the in the facebook group please do it doesn't have to be about photography but thank you so much for everyone who's asked one so far we've got one here from justin crane um who is actually uh another fellow vlogger and he says why do vloggers bloggers and toggers i like that uh say that you need a style is an individual style just the current trend or should all of your images in a given genre have similar traits Oh, that's an interesting one, I think. Mm. So, who wants to start off with oh. that? Oh. That, that, oh. do you know what that is? <coughs> is that Canadian? That is my Domino's. <laughs> right. how's, how's, the how's the healthy eating going? Terribly. Do you know the worst thing? I did, I did, two, week, I did two weeks of dieting, yeah? Right? And then I gave up, right? And at the moment, I'm on a tin of rice pudding minimum a day, <laughs> along with other stuff, and I haven't put on any weight. I'm literally the same weight as I was when I finished the diet. A tin so, of rice pudding. Oh my god! A day. Well it's like you're pudding. a drug. It's like you're a druggie. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm on a tin of rice pudding a day now. Yeah. Well, yeah. It clogs I'm, the needle up a bit. Though. I'm weaning <laughs> yeah. myself off. I'm going um, on to semolina. Well, they call it, isn't it? Ambrosia <laughs> is the food of the gods. So I can't argue with that. Anyway, should we answer Justin's question? Because you know, hurry up because my because your double dose is getting cold. Yeah. So um, yeah, who wants to go first? Sorry, what was the, sorry? What was the question? It was, I was fixated on the dominoes. It was what toppings has Gary got in his pizza? Oh, sti a, style was it? Sorry, style I'm of photography. A hot, by the way. Sorry, um, sorry, style uh, of photography. Sorry. Yeah, it says. Do, it says, is it an individual style, just the current trend, or should all of your images in a given genre have similar traits? I think there's a. Oh, go on, Jake. No. <laughs> I was going to say we we talked about style, haven't we? Before I think on a on a probably. A, related topic because i think did we say that post-processing for instance you know people tend to process files in a certain way to give a certain look and a feel um and that sometimes creates their style because it's their style of processing rather yeah. than anything else so whether that's what justin means in terms of you know does the end product you know can convey a style and therefore is that style linked to the way you processed 
Um, but I don't think there's a particular style of of, of photography that anybody's that anybody should should have. I think you you take pictures in the way you want to take them. You you compose them and do the rest of them. But I don't think it actually creates a style as such, does it? I think people could recognise your work potentially because you know maybe your work is. Um, you know, is is taken. You, you you prefer certain compositions, certain lights, certain subjects than others. Um, you know, I think if you're a seascape photographer, then you're going to get noticed more for that. If you're a woodland photographer, you're going to get noticed for that, and vice versa. So that creates, I guess, a style. But that's more of a genre than a style, isn't it? So, I I, I personally don't think there's a reason why you need to have a style. I think you just no. need to generate pictures that. You know, you're happy I with I think really. there's a few photographers out there where you can almost instantly tell if you follow them on social media and you're scrolling, for argument's sake, um, you know, like Mark Littlejohn will spring to mind. You know, you can almost tell that that's a Mark Littlejohn photo without even seeing his name as you're just scrolling through. Um, and I don't know if this is something that Mally does um, and Owen Clark do uh, almost on purpose or whether it's just because they shoot Nikon but I really like the colours of their woodland it's very muted their colours but it's, 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 it's typically they both shoot with Nikon so whether that you know it, it, it is the, the colours of a Nikon camera I don't know but straight away I can almost especially Mally because Mally posts a lot more than Owen does you know I can almost tell a, a Mally photo um, I think there's that more the post-processing though than than the actual raw files. I would have thought. You reckon? Yeah, it's just like I, yeah. I would have thought so because I know that Paul, he, his style of woodland has that post-processing style as as well, doesn't he? He's very he's got a lot of browns and a lot of autumnal colours he brings into his shots and sort of darker images and more contrast. I think. Um, so I think it's probably well, yeah I don't know I'm guessing but I would say it's probably in the post-processing. Would well, you think maybe we should change the terms of the question? and say and ask does any do you think anybody shoots with a style in mind or do you think people just shoot what they want to shoot and process it how they like it and that becomes their style because i can't imagine anybody out there goes i must i must you know take this shot in this style because i want to have my own style i think everybody just takes the shot and processes it how they like it and that becomes their style mm. possibly black and white photographers you know they, they'll have a preconceived uh, image in their mind of how they want that that shot to look um, but I know I certainly I certainly don't you know I'll, I'll just shoot the conditions and I'll try and process it for what I've actually seen you know I mean sometimes I, um, I, I will use some split toning but that's, I normally use split toning when I can't quite almost like get the image to work and i and i want it then to look just like pleasing if that makes it you know sometimes if you get a really good shot there's very little to do with it you know um i, I, I must admit I've, I've got a slightly contrary position on this one first Ooh. of all it's a bit of a politician's gambit to change the question <laughs> the question is the question um I mean, you know, Justin asks, should you develop a style? Um, and the short answer, of course, is no, you can if you want to, but it's not compulsory. However, I think that um, for myself, I did gradually 
uh, evolve a particular style. Uh, a lot to do with processing, Jamie, you're quite right. But what I found was that when I'd arrived at the sort of results that I was enjoying, <laughs> whether or not my audience was, don't know, uh, but I found myself being more engaged in certain types of image. And then subsequently, I find myself chasing that more actively. So I'm looking at an image and thinking, how will this work? And so I personally think that my photography, f f and entirely from my own perspective, has improved. may not be the case to a third party, but for myself, I look at it and I'm happier with my more recent work, certainly over the last 18 months or so. Um, so my, my answer to Justin uh, would be, no, you, it's not a case of you should. However, in the event that you want to really think about your photography as an exercise, it's not necessarily a bad thing. People will say that if you embark on a project of some sort, say, I don't know, wildlife in your back garden or whatever it may be, you know, silver birches in a particular location when you have something that's a, an objective beyond just adding another file to your hard drive and it may have been a fantastic trip out you really enjoyed it you've got a lot out of it and you've got a nice result from it beyond that i think it can help improve your photography even if you pursue a style and then you think actually no i'm going down the wrong path and so, you know, there's not to stop you changing direction. But I think that it can help you examine what you're doing. I actually wrote a blog post about this exact subject where I looked at my portfolio and realised that, oh, there's starting to be elements of similarity. Mm. Whatever the subject material, the landscapes, you know, I shoot sea, I shoot mountains, don't shoot a lot of trees. But, but very definitely... When I looked at them, particularly on um, something like Google Photos, because I keep a catalogue on there or Flickr, where you get to see lots of them side by side shot over a period of time, I could see the similarities and I realised that that was what I liked. Mm -hmm. So as I was going out to take pho photographs, I'm thinking, ah, I, I'm going to want it to look like this when I finished it. So it made it easier on myself to capture the pixels in a way that facilitated that. So I think that it's worth exploring if you're a photographer and you think, oh, I always come back to this thing of influences and people whose work you've seen that you've enjoyed. Question why you enjoyed it. And if there's something about it that you enjoy, why wouldn't you try and emulate it? You know, if you're a footballer and you think Bobby Charlton was the best thing since sliced bread, you, you, you know, you try and play like him because it, it's mm -hmm. just the way the world works. So I think that, no, you, it's not a case of you should, but it's certainly a case of why shouldn't you? Well, Dave, can I just say to you in terms of me changing the subject and being political, I was only there for 15 minutes and I didn't realise it was a style. <laughs> <laughs> so, Very good. Was, you know, and I'm going to wait until... The Paul Johnson report comes out before I talk about it. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you'll be gone by Easter. Yeah, We'll have a new compare. <laughs> Very good. I like that. Yeah. And I think everything you've just said there, Dave, was spot on.
I think oh, it's absolutely well. No, I know I do, and it, I was just I was just going to sort of say something similar than what you've said about what if if you're scrolling through social media and you're you, you're finding yourself attracted to certain images that you'll press the like button on, then ask yourself why why are you liking those particular mm-hmm. images and and what 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 is it about those images you like because there's obviously something in it that you want to try and emulate as you quite rightly say, and I think that then becomes a style that you like. And if that's a style that others also enjoy, then great. Yeah, totally agree. Mm. So I think that hope. Well, I hope that answers your question, Justin. And thanks very much for posting it. Um, I think I think on that, you know, because my Domino's is like literally the other side of that door. Uh, we'll call it a day. Um, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, it's been um, it's been great. It's been great tonight. Really enjoyed it. So uh, you know, and well, hopefully Paul will be back next week yep. wish him a speedy recovery yep. so yeah there could be five of us this week or possibly six if we can get somebody else on who knows mm. who knows and you know if you were uh, i did see something from someone who said they wanted to have a rant when we missed last i'm gonna find that i'm gonna find it wait there well on the comments yeah the unfortunately week. there's no podcast right this one is the one right so somebody said let's have a look uh, Connor Flynn Connor Flynn if you're watching he said I'll host it for you this week as I've got a bit of a rant brewing so Ooh. I mean Connor maybe, maybe we should invite Connor on i I tell you what we could do yeah because you know, people have been absolutely fantastic in actually um, typing in their questions mm-hmm. on um, Facebook but what you guys could do you could actually video yourself asking the questions, and then what we could actually do is show you answering the asking the questions, and then we answer it from there. That's a great idea because I'd mm. love that extra bit of work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thanks so much. Yeah, just can you put the file format out and the audio format? Sorry, so no, 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 no. Sorry, do you know no, what? T- type it in Facebook. No, yeah, I'm really sorry. I mean, no, actually, Darren, that is a really good idea. Thanks, and, and I tell you what, um, if if well, I'll put uh, I'll put my email address below, um, yeah, not my personal email address. I'll put my uh, photography email address below. If you want to put anything into us, then you know, drop us a line and we'll sort out the you know what format and how to send it to me. And then you can ask us a question. We'll put you on here, and then we'll answer that question if it's if it's a well you know if it's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, idea, it? A lot, yeah, a lot yeah, safer than the live test that we did, which Well, <laughs> I'd love to bring that live one back, but I think we need to I think we need to work out a little bit of a um a bit more of a structured way of doing it instead of bringing everyone on at once. Anyway, anyway, yeah, do that actually. Send in send in your questions, you know, Connor, please send in your rant. I want to know what it's about. Unless it's about me, in which case I don't want to know what it's about. <laughs> it's about anything else, then send it in. That's a really good thing. I think that's a good point, though. It doesn't just have to be a question. If you've got an observation to make and you want to yeah. you know, elaborate a little bit so that then we can pick up on that, I think that would be good as well. Mm. Yeah, and if yeah, you want to share idea. a story, if you want to share a story like we've all shared stories except for Jamie about our embarrassing past, then please do that and I'll... I'll be, we'll be more than happy to put those but on. Try, but try and keep the video under, what, 60 seconds? Yeah, under 60 seconds, yeah. Yeah. Unless under it's a good story and we'll look, give you two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, sounds great. Brilliant. So there's an email address in the description. So if you want to pop that in, then that would be brilliant. Anyway, with that piece of... Um, <laughs> just where did that come from? I think we'll say goodnight and uh, we will all see you next week and thank you ever so much for watching. Good night. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.